party people welcome back to theory and theology podcast welcome back welcome back this is going to be a spoiler alert episode spoiler alert spoiler alert uh hear me when i say it first (laughs) i'm about to spoil this whole movie for you guys if you keep listening so if you want to watch the movie the big short before you listen to this episode you might want to go ahead and do that Um, but the reason why I'm talking about the movie, The Big Short, uh, is because I want to talk about money. Um, now one thing about money that's interesting to me, very interesting, very interesting. Look at, look it up for yourself. Like I've mentioned before that with the Bible, it at a certain point started getting really hard to find movies about bible characters because i remember growing up you know you used to find movies about paul and about you know rachel and abraham or like whatever moses like there were all these movies and nowadays you don't really see those movies like netflix or wherever They, they usually have movies that aren't too based on the bible directly and they kind of take it and it has like some kind of i mean if you don't believe in the bible then then it would be fictional anyways but basically what i'm trying to say is there are movies about bible characters that go by what the bible says and then or at least kind of more what traditions kind of teach what it means and things and then there are other movies that have this like completely a fictional approach that's like this isn't what you would read in the bible about this person it's some other story that's like made up with some other things kind of like thrown into it um which you know i don't knock it i don't i don't see you know on the surface too much concerning about that and i might want to talk about that at a different on a different day but i don't really know for sure right now but today I want to talk about money. The reason why I find money to be an important topic to talk about is because it is such a hush-hush thing. Um, so I'm going to talk about the movie The Big Short. I'll kind of talk about generally what happens in the movie. I want to talk about concepts around money usually kind of like traditionally what some different cultures kind of think about or how just even in mainstream American culture how we've usually been taught to view and think about money um let's keep it controversial guys let's keep our minds open to things and keep ourselves thinking I don't have all the answers I don't know what the heck I'm talking about sometimes you know I I talk from my own experience and from secondary or or third level experience of like observing you know content and trying to make sense of it um or just what I've heard or seen from others around me or just from what I deal with myself so um those are the angles I like to come at um but let's jump into it so 
The movie The Big Short um, has a lot of big uh, names. Um, uh, Steve Carell, Vin Diesel, Ryan Gosling, just to name a few. Uh, Ben Affleck. It's got a lot of people in it. So, um, it's kind of an older, a little bit of an older movie. But one thing about, I mean, the reason why I mentioned that about, like, the Bible, uh, characters is because a lot of times, too, you don't have a lot of movies about finance and Wall Street. There aren't a lot of movies like that. Now, when you think about the American public, a lot of people learn from movies, right? Like, we all know, all right, there's something fake about it, but you can learn a lot from movies, Um, especially when it's a movie about something that you know nothing about. You'll probably come out of that knowing more than you would have known before, you know, about whatever that culture is that's being represented or that time period or whatever it may be. And so it's interesting that, you know, someone like me who's really into finance and I'm a complete nerd about that kind of stuff and like, you know, investing and things like that. Um, I'm not saying that I'm like a pro or anything, but um, I like to learn about those types of concepts because they're important to me. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting that there aren't that many movies like since the 80s, I think usually you can get like a list of about 10 movies maybe a few more than that that aren't documentaries about like wall street uh there's some documentaries about crypto a few there's a few about you know a lot of there's some like uh movies about um the crashes uh like Uh, There's a lot more documentaries, I would say, like if you want to look at things about the Great Depression and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot more documentaries than there are like representative like movies, but there are some, like there's that movie, um, I remember it, it, it's called King of the Hill, I remember it because I used to like, I still do like that cartoon King of the Hill with Hank Hill and you know, those Texan guys, Um, but this movie King of the Hill was about a kid who lived during the Great Depression era, um, and, you know, it's a movie that, you know, I don't know many movies like it, but going back to the big short, you know, this movie, I'm not going to go into too much depth about it, but it is a spoiler alert, um, the movie's basically about, uh, Michael Burry, who's this, uh, doctor, uh, not like medical doctor, I don't think, but, um, well, I don't know, he has an MD, so I guess he is technically a medical doctor, but, um, really good with numbers, and saw, foresaw that there was something coming up before 2008, there was something coming up uh, in the early 2000s that led him to believe that, you know, they, you know, the economy was going to be in a great disaster at that time. Uh, and so he starts researching it out and takes his fund and, uh, starts buying, you know, uh, he starts buying, 
um, a certain type of like like spending like hundreds of millions of dollars buying on what most people would consider a bad purchase back then like why would you buy this um so he would go and talk to these people these firms and you know that's what he would buy and you know the guy who plays I mean Steve Carell's character is you know part of a different firm of people who you know I believe they work on Wall Street and there's um you know they're looking for like kind of the next good thing but they kind of catch wind of you know something going on and there's this other friend group who's smaller like starting out smaller um and trying to get banks to be interested in them and then they you know start making these purchases as well because they find uh, at least in the movie they find a prospect of someone else in one of the I think it was in JP Morgan uh Chase I don't know if it was called JP Morgan Chase back then but um in the lobby they find a prospectus that they read and it kind of, they kind of catch wind of like oh shoot like you know what's going on with the housing market or you know so basically there are those groups there's like those three groups and then um the fourth group would be the people who are actually selling these um packages to the public and then there's the people who are losing their their houses um because they're getting screwed um when all this stuff kind of starts falling apart and so you start seeing different levels of different people kind of knowing what's going on and um you know basically by the end we all know what happened is you know a bunch of people in real life you know got laid off a bunch of companies went under a bunch of funds went under the stock market had a had a crash the you know a lot of people lost their homes and the reason why this is important is because you know it was basically the american people you know that paid for the banks to get bailed out and um the banks basically developed this fraudulent plan to lend money to people who didn't qualify to be able to buy houses um and not only that there was also this other scammy stuff going on at the same time of people renting out these houses to people uh people leasing these houses out to people sub subleasing subletting and a lot of people losing their houses over that uh they got in trouble and so you know the part i wanted to talk about is the fraud um that is the part that is concerning to me because at the end of the movie you know there's some text that kind of shows you know in 2015 the banks started doing this again right we're in 2023 now and we all know that the housing market is screwed um it's been screwed for a bit now um for a couple years now 
so there's been stuff going on at least since before the Rona, since 2019. I think it all started becoming more and more revealed during 2020, 2021, 2022, um, now 2023. So the part that was of interest to me was the fraud and government fraud in general seems to not be taken seriously. They can bend the rules, break the rules. I mean, look at Trump. The guy's like doing illegal, he's been doing illegal things. He's been charged with it. And people are still saying he's going to run for president. It's like, is that okay? I mean, you've now got a record, buddy. Like, you have a history of doing illegal things, yet you can still be in charge of running a country. I don't understand how that is possible. Like, but that's how it is, you know? Like, I'm not even saying, like, vote, don't vote for Trump, like, whatever the fuck. I don't really care. But... What I'm trying to say is these people get away with whatever they want to get away with when it comes to something else. Let's think about, let's think about, you know, what happened. So basically the banks were able to bend their rules to do things that they weren't supposed to do, knowing fully well what the potential would come out to be knowing fully well that the government had their back and that they wouldn't have to suffer through it. So there seems to be a link between the banks and the government and the government allowing banks to do what they want to do because who pays for it? Tax season comes along, we pay for it, right? Um, the American people pay for what happens. And so, is this fair? We all know it's not fair. Um, People don't listen, though. Even if there is a movie like The Big Short that, you know, Netflix re, you know, made it it available to watch. Uh, I feel like it was available way before, then they took it off, and now they've put it back. And I think they've put it back because it's like on niche with like kind of what's going on trend wise with like the housing market and everything. So it kind of makes sense to put something out there that's kind of relevant. Um, but what is it? What is it that we're doing? You know, what is it that we're that we're experiencing, guys? Um, what's the experience coming out right now? What's going on? What's happening? What do you see? Is there anything you see? Anything you notice? You know that is kind of out of the out of whack. You know, like I've seen some some you know political representation that looks like they're struggling. You know, I don't know how someone can be in office that's like actively having strokes or something like on camera. You know, it's there's things like that where you're like, what is going on? Like, how are these people in charge and they're doing all this stuff and nobody seems to really care? Like, it's just allowed? Like, let's let them be in office. It's like, I don't think if it was a typical job, you would be able to have that job. Most people would be like, you gotta go. You gotta go, man. Like, if there was like a newscaster who couldn't remember the questions 
uh, couldn't respond to questions, they'd be like, look, you're not doing your job, buddy. You got to go. You can't be on camera and representing the station talking about like important topics and needing to kind of like be well-spoken and you can't, you can barely think, you know, sometimes it's like any other place you get fired or let go or at least forced to go on medical leave or need to go figure it out. Um, but yeah, we have politicians that are allowed to keep their positions, some of the most important positions in our country of decision-making, of how we're expected to live our lives, and they're sick, they're ill, they have illnesses that keep them from performing their work, that, that doesn't, that's not a problem, you know, I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans or who the heck they are, it's like, if you are not well, you should not be part of running a running a country. You know, if you you know I don't know. That's just kind of, maybe that's just how I think. Maybe maybe I'm being ableist or something. Like I'm not saying people need to be perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, but I mean, you should at least be able to like do your job, you know. Um it doesn't look good. It does not look good, you know, to have footage of people that can't even, like, speak or remember. It's like, if you can't remember, then what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? But I do feel sad for for them, too, you know, with their problems. I feel sad for people having health issues. I don't think it's, like, a laughing matter, but it's also very concerning it's it's pretty creepy that that's the best person to do that job i mean almost anybody else should be in that position at that point you know like whoever has an interest in you know u.s government who graduated high school probably has a sharper mind than that person you know that could probably do that job or start trying to be trained to do that job like but anyways so yeah, the big short that's in general kind of what that movie was about was um these different groups of people that are involved in these different types of categories of uh very large expensive types of investments in things that had to do with the housing market from different angles. Um, the banks were backing, you know, a lot of these, uh, and so some people were invested in the banks, some people were invested, invested in, you know, uh, what's called tranches, you know, like different ratings of tranches, you know, betting against them, um, you know, it's, it is complex, but it's like, a lot of us didn't know any of this was going on. I was in grad school at the time when this was going on. I didn't know until it started being hard to get in touch with the financial aid office, uh, until our financial reimbursement didn't get to us fast enough, and I couldn't buy books for like multiple weeks in the term, or pay my rent, because the reimbursement went came out of that out of that money from the school and I ended up having to move back to the other area of LA because I didn't want to 
keep being late with the rent because I wasn't working then. I was I wasn't able to work. I was busy in grad school. So, um, but yeah, so that was mostly what I what I saw from that movie. That I was like, why the heck is this movie? You know, like it kind of grabs my attention, but why? Why are these, you know, banks and governments able to commit fraud, you know, trick the people, and then the people get penalized? Either they lose their home, they lose their job, their company goes under, whatever it may be, and, you know, they were saying in 2015, which is just... Um, not even 10 years ago, they started doing the same thing again, and it's called something different. It's a different name now. So, but they're doing the same thing that they were doing. And it's like, we're still not awake to this. Now, I haven't really seen with my own eyes um, an ease of access to housing. I've seen the opposite and it might just be where I live. So I, I'm not very well informed on this, but what I have noticed is, you know, it's hard to get your credit situated. Um, it's hard to get your money situated. Um, it's just harder, you know, to get things kind of situated like they need to be. Um, it's harder to get things situated um, because of inflation. Um, so, you know, this is maybe a little off topic, but a lot of people do say, you know, Gen Z doesn't want to work. I don't think that's what it is. I think Gen Z can do math. And they see that, you know, maybe I don't want to work at McDonald's and In-N-Out just to be able to have a roommate or a shared house with multiple people uh, because that's all I can afford. Um, I don't think they want to do that. Who, who does want to do that? Who does want to work two jobs, three jobs to barely be getting by? I mean, if you're working one job and you're getting paid under 20 an hour, that's rough. That's real rough, guys. That's a rough day. Getting paid under $20 an hour in this economy. Like I've said it before, you know, to live in Southern California, you need 40 an hour to be able to comfortably afford an apartment an apartment for one person you need $40 an hour uh most people would need probably more than that you know if they have to consider all the debt and everything but just to be able to like afford and qualify you're probably going to have to bring home 40 an hour um so say for example you know, it's not uncommon out this way to have 
an apartment for about $2,000. Um, and that means, you know, you need to be making two and a half the rent. Two and a half times the rent. They say preferably three times the rent if you're actually doing things to the T by what most financial professionals would say. Usually they they do commonly say your rent shouldn't be three times uh, what you're making. Like, so... $5,000 a month. $5,000 a month. How many people do you know that bring home $5,000 a month? You know, out of out of high school. Like, I don't know anybody out of high school who's bringing home $5,000 a month. I know people with master's degrees that aren't even bringing home 3000 or barely near 3000 a month. Um, so, if you need 5000 a month... Let's say somebody's able to find an apartment for $1,500. Let's say that's on the lower end. You need to be bringing home $3,750. Well, that's, I don't know if that's even bringing home. Because um, that might be before deductions. You'd probably qualify before all your deductions. And so that means you're bringing home less than that amount of money. You're probably bringing home like less than $3,000 if you're making $3,750. Um, and so, yeah, guys, I don't know what you think, but I think that's, you know, it's BS. That's BS, you know? Um, to have to bring home between, or have to be making between thirty-seven fifty and five thousand dollars just to be able to get an apartment. Um, that's a lot of money. So, I mean, if you're bringing home thirty-seven fifty, you're making like forty-five k a year. Um, if you're bringing home five thousand a month, uh, you're making nearly 60k a year so that extra 15k uh, amount uh, difference um you know if you're bringing home anywhere between 45 or making not necessarily bringing home but making anywhere between 45 and 60k you would be able to kind of qualify um and that's if your credit is really good. So that's kind of what it looks like out here. I know every state's different. Every place is different. But that's what it looks like out here. I um, I would say, you know, it's not sustainable. Whatever it is that's going on right now does not appear to be a sustainable way to kind of treat the public. 
you know, usually the people who are buying these apartments or getting, you know, renting these apartments are people who are downsizing. They're not upgrading. Most people are downsizing. So people who used to have houses or used to have, you know, a larger house, they're downsizing to these expensive one-bedroom, two-bedroom studio apartments. They're downgrading themselves, as in downgrading their cost of living. I'm not saying downgrading like, oh, they're lesser people now. I'm saying they're downgrading their co- their costs of living. Um, so, yeah, finances are important. We're going to keep talking about it. Um, but that's kind of how it is. And, like, with looking at finances, you know, um, it's not easy. Um... And if there's a system in place that's keeping people ignorant and poor, I say ignorant because as much as we've opened this discussion that people aren't learning finance when they need to before they graduate from high school, they're not learning it in high school. They're not learning basics of finance. Most places don't teach that. Um, even something as as simple as like Dave Ramsey's like Financial Peace University or something being taught in a school or offered, most people don't know. Um, most people's spending habits, they may have been forced to change with the economy as it is now, but, you know, the issue is, you know, the mental and emotional that's behind all that spending hasn't really changed. Um, a lot of people haven't evaluated or re-evaluated how and why they're spending their money the way that they do. And there's still this kind of like idea that, you know, when I graduate high school, my life needs to look like this. By the time I'm done with college, if I go to college, my life needs to look like this. And after being in a job for a bit, I need to be in that position. And when I'm 40 years old, I need to be in this position. And I need to be able to retire. Like, there's all these, all these, uh, all these markers in a person's life where, you know, that's, that looks different now. I don't know many people that moved out at 18 right now. Like, I don't know that many people that are like 18 right now either, but I don't know that many people who I've seen that look like they own apartments, have an apartment. It seems to be older people. The only people I think I've seen that seem younger that have their own place are people who I, because I've been interacting with all these like leasing agent type people, uh, these leasing professionals that work for these uh, luxury apartments and have an apartment there. I've seen young people, younger people doing those jobs people who seem like they're maybe in their early 20s or so but otherwise you know um you know a lot of people work at mcdonald's a lot of people work at in and out i mention it because there was always this classic idea like oh flipping burgers you know you don't want to be flipping burgers or pumping gas Dude, those guys flipping burgers are making as much as I was making working in the field of psychology with a master's degree, okay? So, you know, well, they're making a little less, but they're making what I was making. 
before the pandemic. And, like, they're probably making more than what I was making. Because if they're starting at, like, 18 an hour, close to 20 an hour with benefits. I mean, it's not work that's very sustainable. But it's, you know, a lot of these companies are being forced to come up. It's like, if you want people to work for you, you got to be giving them something that's more than nothing. you got to give something more than nothing. You know, people got to feel like it's worth it. And especially if you've got, like, a lot of stigma attached to the job, like, you know, unfortunately, you know, burger joints do have a lot of stigma attached to them. Gas stations do have a lot of stigma attached to them. But work is work, guys. Honest work is work. But we do have these fraudulent systems in place where, you know, it's good to learn about, you know, because these major corporations get away with murder you know, they're doing so much behind the scenes sometimes that, you know, it's questionable. It's like, why is nobody getting in trouble? No one gets penalized. They're just allowed. You know, it's like, this is what they're going to do. They're just allowed to do it. And they do it. And we're just like, okay. Like, that's, I guess that's just how it's going to be. Um, but check out the movie. I mean, I just, I didn't spoil enough of it. I don't think um, it's kind of a harder uh, concept to kind of talk about and grasp. I don't really know all the terminology enough to really speak intelligently to it. But that movie had a lot going on. And also think about, you know, why are those movies so few and far between? There's like, there's The Wolf of Wall Street. There's 99 Homes. There's, you know, there's some movies about like housing market and all that kind of stuff but you'd think with what we're dealing with these days there'd be a whole lot of movies about you know financial decline a whole bunch of movies about pandemics a whole bunch of movies about all kinds of stuff like that which we're not really seeing and I think there is some form of censorship um I know that you know just from uh recording and being engaged with people who um, like to record about finance, create content around finance, you can't create financial advice. That's not legal. If you're not a professional who's, um, eligible to be able to do that, you know, I can't just like open up some kind of finance website and be like taking on customers and like telling them what to do with their money. Um, cause I'm not a professional at that. I can do it, talk about it for entertainment purposes, about how to budget, how to invest, that kind of stuff. But I can't really talk about it like, hey, I'm really advising you on what to do. This is my professional opinion. I have no professional opinion. Um, But yeah, it is kind of limited what people can talk about. And people don't learn about it. So to me, I'm like, there's something up. There's something up. It's more than than what we see on the surface guys um there is some kind of weird uh system in place maybe even a conspiracy when it comes to finance um knowledge about finance education um you know most of us don't get taught about buying a house most of us don't get taught about even basically budgeting our money Um, now culturally certain people do get taught that, 
certain cultures are more open to like discussing and like educating their families about that but that's not everybody you know most people don't really know or they see what their family did when they were growing up and they're like I either want to do it that way or I don't want to do it that way but they don't really know how to like adjust their mind like I've got family members that are way older than me that you know as I've grown up I've seen many of them you know now being an older generation that might need to retire soon and to my knowledge their financial practices have not changed since I was in high school or even before they're still blowing their money the same way they used to blow their money they still don't have enough money um you know I know people making six figures that don't have two thousand dollars you know, to me, it's like, how the heck is that even a thing? How do you not have any money? Like, you make money. How do you not have any money? You know, um, people who, you know, I'm not trying to, like, be judgmental, but I'm just saying, like, I've had conversations with people in my family who tried to tell me that they think that I'm too frugal. People who are in debt And, you know, that's one thing I like about how Dave Ramsey says, you know, I think it was Dave Ramsey who was saying, you know, don't listen to broke people, you know. It's almost like, okay, if I want to go to the gym and I'm like, I want to get fit, right? I want to get fit and there's like a free program, right, where they're like, you can chat online before you come here and see which trainer is going to be available and they have a profile online and you can talk to them you know and if I talk to five different trainers and three of them are like completely out of shape you know you ask them about their lifestyle and they're like oh yeah I eat cake and cookies and pizza every day and I don't really like take care of my mental health or anything and you know I sit in front of the tv all day long and I'm depressed and I just cry all day and then I come here and work like would you want that person trying to train you in life that doesn't really know like they're not fit it's like if you're not fit and you're teaching people how to be fit how does that work you know how do you how do you I'm not saying that I'm not trying to be judgmental about people's weight I'm just saying usually you're gonna pick a trainer that looks like they practice that lifestyle of physical fitness and what comes with it. You're not going to pick the person that seems like they're still trying to figure it out. You know, you want to pick a person that has a good track record, who shows that they're able to do it too. So when somebody doesn't have any money, why on earth would you want to listen to somebody with no money to tell you how to what to do with your money? You know, why would why would one listen to that person? You know, if somebody has a negative net worth, why would you want to listen to that person? You know, if somebody doesn't have a portfolio about their work, why would you hire somebody to help you with a certain thing if they can't show you what they can do? I mean, yeah, maybe you can trust them and maybe they will be skilled, but it just doesn't make sense, right? Um, Why would you? Why would you? Um, One thing that I've also come across is um like 
Mm. Not just people who... Um... Not just people who, you know, want to, like, tell you what to do, but it's, like, sometimes, you know, you got to just take a step back and look and just be, like, sometimes people just want to tell you what to do, you know, but, but, you know, why would you, why would you take that advice, you know? One of my clients way back told me, you know, and I, at first I, I took it strangely, but one of my clients told me she was an elderly lady and she was like, you know, I don't want a doctor that's fat. And she's like, you're not fat. Your other, I mean, I'm overweight now, but at the time she was saying this, it was probably like in 2017 or something. She was like, you're not fat. You're, you know, you're like all the other people that she worked with in that facility weren't fat. And she's like, this is health. Like, why would I want to have a doctor that doesn't know about health for themselves, you know? And I, you know, I I was kind of like, eh, like, because that doctor I thought was, like, um, intelligent and he was nice and stuff. So I didn't really think much of it because I was like, it felt to me like it was a good fit because he was nicer than some of the other doctors. But she didn't like him because of how he was. Um, she didn't like him because of how he looked because he was severely overweight and to her, she was like, that doesn't, you know, I don't want to talk about my health to somebody who doesn't care about theirs. Now, maybe, you know, there was maybe some kind of hormonal issue or something like there are people who have some other reason why they've gained a lot of weight, but I would say most times that's probably not the issue. A lot of times it's practices and habits. Um, but I've taken things. I've had like certain types of like medicines that lead to weight gain and stuff like that. But sometimes it's like, well, why am I taking the medicine in the first place? Because there's some other issue going on. And a lot of times, for me anyways, it's usually boiled down to you know my own daily practices and so a lot of it is you know there's a lot of ability to be able to like repair stuff but yeah when it comes to finances you know even with the government it's like how many trillions of dollars in debt is our government you know so I would even question you know like even if they did roll out some kind of like program about economics or something that they actually were trying to actively teach people through the public school system it's like what would they be teaching because they don't they don't seem to know how to handle money um you know it's it's pretty nuts (laughs) it's pretty nuts like when you think of it it's like this is crazy stuff it's just crazy to me uh, it fascinates me too at the same time, but it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy stuff. But yeah, check out the movie. You might like it. Um, and with that, thanks for listening.